welcome one and all to the Eagle Auto Parts On The Go podcast. You're there. We're here. I'm your host, DJ Harrington, better known as the Cardiologist. Eagle Auto Parts podcast comes to you each week to inform, educate, and bring you tips on keeping your vehicle in top-notch condition. This episode is a special episode. Doug Williams, the general manager of Eagle Auto Parts, asked Sheila K. Harrington, my better half, to do a special podcast explaining President's Day and what it means here in the United States. So without further ado, you've heard this voice in the past at the Christmas time and at different times during the year, the one and only Sheila K. Harrington. Sheila, how are you today? Oh, I'm great. Well, I want everyone to know... (laughs) We're in the podcast center together. We're not on separate phones like in the past. So Sheila was kind enough to come to the podcast center so that we could do this special edition. So Sheila, let's ask, first of all, Doug Williams was so important about asking about President's Day. So I want to first thank you for agreeing to discuss President's Day on the podcast. It's been many years since I was in school. That's for sure. Oh my goodness. But I can only remember that we celebrated birthdays of two of our presidents. Well, you the earliest that I can remember celebrating any president in it was in history class. And I attended a small elementary school in in Oklahoma. Uh, and I had a wonderful history teacher. Her name was Mrs. Steffi. She actually was such a tall lady, but just always so happy and happy-go-lucky. But she wanted to make sure her kids learned. And um, she gave us plenty of opportunities uh, because if I didn't do something good in school, she lived right across the street from us, so she could have just walked over and told my parents I wasn't paying attention in class. But history happened to be one of my favorite subjects anyway, so I loved hearing about the presidents and anything about history that she taught us. But she had a tendency to make everything fun. And I can specifically remember hearing about two presidents, uh, our 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, and then our first president, George Washington, and why we should celebrate them. All right, so you named two of those guys, Sheila. (laughs) Now, bring our listeners up to speed on President's Day What started, and share some of the details about this. Well, certainly, um, I would love to. It it really started, the origin of celebrating presidents, per se, uh, has to go back to the 1800s. And and it's actually the 1880s. Obviously, the 1880s was well after George Washington, our first president, had passed away. He died in December of 1799. His birthday was February 22nd, and it became a perennial day of remembrance. And the reason I say that is they celebrated his birthday every year thereafter. Um, February the 22nd was always the day they celebrated because that was his birthday. And as you know, George Washington had a huge job. He started out as our commander uh, for the Continental Army during the American Revolution. He was the one everyone looked up to. And he commanded all the other armies that we had. So, you know, at the time we were fighting England so we could become a new country. There were many reasons why we decided we wanted to be a country. But Washington was so successful in leading our army 
by defeating the mighty and powerful England because really nobody really went up against England like we did. And there are some reasons why. All right. So now we, we're learning a little bit more about this history. This is Miss Stephanie, your teacher. Steffi. Yes, Steffi. <laughs> now, how many kids were in your class? Oh, I, I, I would say probably because it was more of a rural school, um, and we probably had about 20, 25 kids in it. Altogether. Yes, altogether, in the fourth, fourth through eighth grade. I had her for four years, actually. Yeah, folks, uh, Sheila went to school in Oklahoma. I went to school, as you can tell from my accent, up in New Jersey. Uh, she went to a public school, right? It was a public school. Yeah, and I went to a Catholic school. Yes. And we met later in college. Uh, after college, she graduated college, I graduated college, and we met in Florida. So let's do this, folks. Sheila is, uh, it seems like you're explaining it to our listeners, like England was such a formidable for Washington and his you know, army to face. England was the largest fighting force in the world at that time that I remember. Yes. So what are some of the things you feel helped Washington emerge after struggling in a battle with England so that they could win some small and maybe bigger battles and eventually win the war? Well, that is a great question. <laughs> There's uh, two, two particular reasons why, that I want to discuss today that will indicate that. We had some British officers and soldiers, obviously, that didn't like what was going on in um, our country when we first got started. They were taxing people uh, and with no representation and different reasons why. So some of those officers defected, and uh, basically our army wasn't ready to fight somebody like England. We just weren't. They were farmers. They were townspeople, they were just not prepared. So even though we had a couple of soldiers that did help uh, Washington form, form his army, um, and those two people that I'm talking about are Benjamin Talmadge and Benedict Arnold, and we know what really happened with Benedict Arnold. But both men served alongside Washington, and each one of them had their duties. Uh, Benedict Arnold was the commander of West Point, and we found out later, much later in the war, that obviously he was trying to give West Point back to the British, and so he later defected and went back to England. But anyway, Benjamin Talmadge, the other individual, his job was to help strategize with Washington. And of course, they were really struggling in battles and things, and so he he, he advised Washington and Washington did something that I never thought that he did. And Mrs. Steffi never taught us this. But Washington's had a spy ring, and he used it to help Washington while fighting uh, in, in the war with different strategies because they were able to communicate back to what was going on. Now, DJ, I do not remember Mrs. Te Ste Steffi telling me that her students or any of us about Washington's spies, but... When I saw the TV series Turn, Washington Spies, I think you'll remember us seeing that. That you forced me to watch. Yeah. And, and then you the, got hooked. Tell the listeners the truth. I was forced to watch it. And then you got hooked. But anyway, so George Washington had a spy ring. So there was a book that was written in 2006 by Alexander Rose, and he the book was titled Washington Spies, The Story of America's First Spy Ring. And in that book, he chronicled how Washington's spies 
they had a lot to do with the outcome of the Revolutionary War. So, you know, we were struggling a little bit, but Rose's book is now used as kind of a history book, and it's based on the stories and the struggles of four real-life childhood friends that attended school together, and these four people formed a spy ring called the Culper Spy Ring that positively affected the success of the Revolutionary War. Now, do you remember some of the things, some of the strategies they did in order to spy, DJ? Well, some of them. <laughs> well, well, okay, so they use special forms of messaging. Um, one judge's wife, she, she would lay her clothing out on the line, and then she, she uh, laid it out in a certain way that it indicated that a message needed to be brought forward. Then anyway, there were special forms of messaging. Sometimes it was in print and newspaper, and, and certain letters of the print would indicate something was about to happen. So they would report whatever they saw by whatever method they had back to Talmadge. And after writing his book, and I find this very interesting, Alexander Rose, when he wrote that book, he was interviewed by National Review. And in that interview, Rose explained how he used the website of the Library of Congress to research the letters written by George Washington and other people from the Culper Ring, so as well as newspapers from the time period and various writings that were left by those that were involved. You know, DJ, I can't imagine how that Mr. Rose must have felt when he saw things written in Washington's handwriting, because, you know, back then they didn't have the typewriters like we have now. They had printing machines, obviously, but, uh, but written in his handwriting and how it affected how they fought the British. All right, should have, here comes the music. So let's do this. Let's take a fast break. And listeners, I know you're thinking about President's Day and are we going to talk about the President's Day sale at Eagle? Probably they should have one. Your local Ford store probably will have one. But when we come back from our break, Sheila's going to explain a little bit more about how certain states even celebrate President's Day. We'll be right back. Eagle Auto Part is located in the eastern panhandle of West Virginia. The Eagle team is becoming the most recognized name in the recycling industry, serving not only West Virginia, but also Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Virginia. Eagle Auto Part inventory is computerized, racked, and ready for immediate pickup. Arch is our fast delivery service. With a very active presence on eBay, we have several distribution shipments daily. Eagle Auto Part processes all of our vehicles in the most professional manner, which ensures the quality of all of our parts sold. What can we do for you? Visit us on the web at eagleautopart.com or call 800-261-6664. That's 800-261-6664. Or send us an email at sales at eagleautopart.com. Welcome back, listeners, to the Eagle Auto Park On The Go podcast. This is a special edition. Each and every week, we bring you new informative episodes, like this one here with Sheila explaining President's Day. Make sure you download and listen. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartMedia, Amazon, 
or wherever you get your podcast. Now, before we took our break, Sheila is explaining about the culprit ring and the spy ring that really Washington had put together. So, Sheila, I guess we would say that we've come from, it's almost he formed an intelligence agency even during the Revolutionary War. Yes. I would love, and I know our listeners would love to hear more about some of the details of that. Well, you're so right, DJ. We had an intelligence agency, a form of it, even during the Revolutionary War. I was not aware of that. Mrs. Steffi didn't teach us that. But Washington wasn't really supposed to win the war because it was basically David against Goliath fighting. And even though in the Bible, David and Goliath, the story ends up David does kill Goliath, same situation happened with the Revolutionary War. We outdid what the uh, British were doing to us. However, based on remarkable research today, General George Washington changed his direction because of what he was learning from this spy ring, and it helped him to really know where to strike next. Now, I didn't mention a minute ago all the different uh, four people and where they came from. Of course, they did end up having more spies, but one spy was a judge's wife, and another one was a cabbage farmer who, who really begged, and he was kind of sickly, he begged Washington to let him retire, but he always came through in the end no matter what. There was a barkeeper involved as one of the spies, a Yale-educated cavalryman who was also a friend of Nathan Hale, and we know what, he, what happened to him. There was also a sailor, and uh, a longtime sailor, and then a slave. Uh, and that slave, I believe, was in Benjamin Ar- uh, was in Benedict Arnold's fa- um, home, worked in his home. But all were charged with discovering and reporting back the battle plans of the enemy and military strategies. So I would say that Washington's spies had a lot to do with being able to turn the tide on England. And it was so dangerous. It was extremely dangerous for them to do what they did. But Washington had intuitiveness, he had uh, military prowess once he established his spy ring, and, uh, you know, he was able to become our first president because of what he did during that time. They just trusted him. Well, all of our listeners that are married know this one, Sheila. Uh, for weeks, you know, you made me watch the yes. series. And it was a nighttime TV series came on. And it went for several seasons. Yep. And, and yep. because of Rose's book was made into a TV series, watching it made me realize how dangerous it was for them, to, you know, the spy for Washington. Granted, Washington was a formidable military man and a wonderful president. But when did we really start celebrating his birthday, and that's really what Doug Williams, you know, from Eagle, right. was asking us to do. Well, it was in 1832. It was the centennial of his birthday in 1832, so a hundred years had passed, and America really wanted to celebrate Washington and his efforts again, but in 1848, they started construction on his Washington Monument, and they wanted to recognize him again. So in respect of Washington's years in service to this country, our nation felt they needed to celebrate Washington's birthday on his actual birth date, which was February 22nd. 
While his birthday was an, an unofficial observance for most of the 1800s, it was not until the late 1870s that it became a federal holiday. All right, now, Sheila, let me ask you this one. Surely somebody brought it to the attention of the people or Congress that President Washington should have been celebrated as not only the father of our country, but as a sacrificial service in the leading of our new country, you know, how we started out. So how did Washington really get this much deserving recognition? Well, of course, there was someone who brought it before Congress. It was a senator from the great state of Arkansas, Stephen Wallace Dorsey, was the first to propose the measure to celebrate Washington. But it wasn't until 1879 when the 19th president, Rutherford B. Hayes, signed Dorsey's proposal into law. However, unfortunately, I will say that Dorsey's proposal for this holiday only applied to the District of Columbia at first. That's kind of sad. It wasn't until four years later, in 1885, that it was expanded to include the whole country. So at the time Washington's birthday joined four other nationally recognized federal bank holidays, and we'll recognize those for sure, Christmas Day, New Year's Day, the 4th of July, and then Thanksgiving. But it was the first holiday, the nice thing about it is, that it was celebrating the life of an individual American. So that was a huge thing to have happen. Now, the second individual signed into law whose birthday was celebrated, but he wasn't a president, was Martin Luther King Jr. His specific birthday celebration started in 1983, and that's after he died in 1968. So you can see from there, Congress doesn't always make a motion and vote on it and act quickly. We kind of drag, drag our feet a little bit on that. You know, I don't want to forget mentioning what Mrs. Steffi also taught me about President Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, our 16th president. President Lincoln led the United States through a tumultuous time of the Civil War when brother fought against brother, you know, and, and yeah. relative against relative. Our nation was so divided then uh, during the Civil War, and it was really because of human issues and, and other things. But our, but it kind of reminds me, uh, unfortunately, of today. Amen. You know, it just yeah. does. Lincoln's birthday was also celebrated on his birthday of February the 12th. During his tenure as president, Lincoln moved a number of federal holidays to Mondays. I think that's huge. Why he wanted to do this was good because his change was designed to schedule certain holidays really so workers could have an extra long weekend right. throughout the year. But it was opposed by people who believed that, you know, those, those famous presidents should have their birthdays celebrated on their birthday. So unfortunately, even though Lincoln had a great idea, he still couldn't get it done. Well, let's do this. Uh, if we could, let's take one more break, and when we come back, we're going to sum up this whole thing. We only got one or two more questions left. Folks, this is a special edition of Eagle Auto Part on the Go, representing President's Day here in the USA. Hang tight. We'll be right back.
slow down. Slow down and move over. Move over. When you see signs, lights, vests, please give us some room. Slow down. Slow down and move over. When you need help, it's our job to help you. To save you. Despite the danger. This danger. This danger is real. Do your part. Please. Slow down. Slow down. And move over. Move over. Welcome back, folks. This is a special edition of Eagle Auto Part on the go, remembering and honoring Presence Day here in the U.S. Remember to like, review, and share everywhere. We always want to hear from our listeners. By all means, we have a hotline. The Eagle Auto Parts hotline is 706-409-5603. It comes right here to the podcast center. So if you would like to hear some more information or some questions about maintaining your car, or questions about tires or or recycle parts, by all means, give 706-409-5603. Now, Sheila, let me go back to this question. It seems sometimes that it takes an act of Congress to move people to action. That is for sure. (laughs) Like the balloons. Yes. What happens or push the transition from separate celebration of President's birthdays to that of a one-day-a-year President's Day that we have today. Well, you are so right, DJ. You know, sometimes Congress just takes forever, but during Congress's debate on the law that had been put out there, it was proposed that Washington's birthday be renamed President's Day to honor the birthdays of both Washington who was born on the 22nd, and Lincoln's birthday, who was born on the the 12th. So, in other words, they really wanted to observe both birthdays on the same day. But unfortunately, although Lincoln's birthday was celebrated in many states, you know, it was never an official federal holiday like that for Washington's birthday, and, and rightfully so. Following much discussion, though, Congress rejected the name change until the 1960s. The shift from Washington's birthday to President's Day actually began when Congress proposed a measure, and I'm going to mention it here because it's a long-named act. It's known as the Uniform Monday Holiday Act. Good Lord. Okay, that's a mouthful, I know, but the (laughs) Uniform Monday Holiday Act was championed by Senator Robert McClory. Now, he's from Illinois. This law sought to shift the celebration of several federal holidays from specific dates to a series of predetermined Mondays. So that's why the word Monday is in that act name. So Senator McClory's uh, proposal change was seen by many as a novel way to create more three-day, longer weekend for nation's workers. And it was believed that kind of ensuring these holidays always fell on the same weekday would help reduce employees from staying out of work. But anyway, while some argued <laughs> that Sheila, shifting we have, holidays... Hey, now, Sheila, our listeners are saying right now to themselves... <laughs> Thank you they, for the holidays. No, they're asking for Monday off after the Super Bowl. Oh, And yeah. people are asking for that Monday off. So that might I be down the road. That might be another one of those Mondays. It would be a Monday, too. It would be a Monday. And so they would shift these holidays from the original dates, and they thought it would cheapen 
the meaning of the birthdays of Lincoln and Washington. So the bill also had widespread support from people like retail stores and private sector labor unions, and therefore was kind of seen as a surefire way to bolster some sales. So with that, the Uniform Monday Holiday Act also included a provision to combine the the birthdays of Abraham Lincoln and George Washington, and it kind of fell in between their two birthdays. Now, the reason birthday uh, Lincoln's birthday was celebrated by Arkansas is because, you know, he was born and raised in Illinois. Right. And for that reason, uh, they kind of thought that joining the two days of celebration was a way of giving equal recognition to both of uh, America's most famous statesmen, because they were. McClory was among the major proponents, but he even floated the idea of renaming the holiday to President's Day. This proved to be a point of contention for lawmakers obviously from Virginia, which is where George Washington was was, uh, from. And the proposal was eventually dropped just out of respect for Washington, unfortunately. So they didn't get it done then. And nevertheless, the main piece of the Uniform Monday Holiday Act finally passed in 1968. And it took effect officially three years later in 1971. And you know how it got done, DJ? It was an executive order by the 37th president, Richard M. Nixon. He made sure that it got put into law. So George Washington's birthday was then shifted from the fixed date of February 22nd to the third Monday of February. That's why we celebrate President's Day on the third Monday of every every year So the uh, in February. So the celebration date falls in between their birthdays. All right, so now we have President's Day and not Uniformity Day. And, you know, Uniformity Day, our listeners are probably saying, what (laughs) is a Uniform Monday Holiday Act special sale at the Ford store? It ain't going to happen. All right, Sheila, tell us a little bit about the different states. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about the states, and then I'm going to be finished. So, first of all, Alabama. Here's how Alabama uses President's Day. They commemorate Washington's birthday, our first president, obviously, but they also celebrate Thomas Jefferson. And you're probably thinking, well, why do they celebrate Thomas Jefferson? Well, it's a reasonable guess that Alabama chose not to officially recognize the man who led the Union, Abraham Lincoln, 16th president, but rather uh, to celebrate uh, Thomas Jefferson, who, uh, as we know, uh, is from the South. So they, they celebrate Thomas Jefferson. But anyway, Arkansas celebrates President Washington's birthday, but they also celebrate at the same time a civil rights activist, Daisy Gaston Bates. And I really don't know much about her, so I'm not going to go into details about that. But she played a major role in the integration crisis of 1957 in Little Rock, Arkansas. So uh, some of y'all might want to look that up. But uh, I will say that there were four presidents who actually have birthdays in February, not just Lincoln and and Washington, but the ninth president, William Harrison, and the fourth, 40th president, Ronald Reagan, also have February birthdays. I knew that he had something uh, associated with me because I'm a February birthday. That was my favorite president. (laughs) Yeah, he, he... yeah, I guess, because since I didn't know Washington and Lincoln, I, yeah, Ronald Reagan probably would be one of my good favorites. Yeah. 
Well, no matter who you celebrate on President's Day, Washington and Lincoln will always still remain the two most recognized presidents. But Washington, but President's Day is now popularly seen as a day to recognize the lives and achievements of, of really all of the American presidents. Do you know how many there are, DJ? 46. You're right. See, I knew yeah, that. President Biden is the number 46. That's correct. President's Day is a really a day of celebration and remembrance. And I will tell you, in 19, during the Great Depression, this is how they celebrated uh, Washington uh, in, in the upper uh, New England areas. You would see George Washington's picture gracing the front pages of newspapers and magazines uh, on every February 22nd. Yeah. Now, in 1932, this is something I did not know, and I don't ever remember Mrs. Steffi telling us about this. I didn't realize that Washington's birthday was used to reinstate, in 1932, uh, to reinstate the Purple Heart. Now, the Purple Heart, as you know, is a military decoration, and it was originally created by George Washington. I did not know that. Uh, I'm sure military people know that, but I did not know that. And, of course, he created it to honor soldiers who were killed or wounded while serving in the, in the armed forces. And um, I think that's a great thing to remember him for. That's for sure. Uh, I just know that he, uh, and, you know, when you think about it, that TV series did mention that at the end. MASH. Uh, no, it, the TV series, uh, The Washington Spies, it yeah. did show that he gave a special recognition to the people that were in the spy ring. He sure did. The, um, the last thing that I re- want to mention is this, and it's so important to remember, education. Um, we've talked a lot about, about the history today at President's Day and how it came to be and what the presidents, different presidents did in order to make us a free country. Several states still require that their public schools spend the day leading up to President's Day teaching students about the accomplishments of all their presidents. And you know what? If we don't continue doing that, we're falling short. So if we don't learn it now, how will we ever know it later? Yep. And learning all about the Shilla you, you know, you're a history buff, and I, I, I live with you, so I had to watch Turn on television and, and watch some of this. I reluctantly watched the series, and then all of a sudden got hooked in the series because there was a lot of, a lot of interesting things that occurred with the spy ring and so forth. I think today, all our listeners should just celebrate President's Day, do something special with your family. And honor the political system we have today. Most important, make sure you go out and vote. And whether you, whatever party you belong to, the most important privilege that we have is that you have the privilege to vote. And you have a privilege to vote. So we did what Doug Williams wanted us to do. We wanted to do something on President's Day. You did a great job, Sheila. I thank you one more time. Doug Williams is definitely going to call you on the phone and thank you like he does every time you do one oh of these. Goodness. But, folks, we'll listen to you again next week. Give us a holler if we can help. The hotline number 706-409-5603. And without further ado, we'll sign off, and you have a great President's Day. <laughs>